Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting again this afternoon in Hattiesburg from the Southern Bank Corps studio around the state on the Super Talk Radio Network. Online, wherever you may be tuned in, we're happy that you're with us today. Bob and Kelly, and again at the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com will be joining us later in the program. We'll be talking about the NFL playoffs upcoming. Just a moment, we're going to bring in another one of the new transfers from uh, for Southern Miss, uh, this young man from Tylertown. We'll introduce him in just a second. First, I want to remind you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of our program and the Southern Miss Athletic Program. And uh, they just serve delicious food seven days a week, best barbecue in the area, no question about that. They can cater any event for you, large or small. So the next time you have something at your home, uh, your business, your church, just keep Dickies in mind, and they'll have a, a a catering program that will fit your needs. Jalen Williams is our guest this afternoon. This young man is from Tylertown, played at Tylertown High School and Jones College. Uh, left Jones College as ESPN's number one rated uh, junior college defensive tackle in the country. Signed with the Razorbacks at the University of Arkansas and uh, has now transferred to Southern Miss, one of five SEC players coming into the fold for the Golden Eagles. And Jalen, we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour, and uh, welcome back home. Oh, yes, I appreciate you having me on here. It's our great pleasure to talk to you. So you played at Tylertown High School. Okay, now, now Bob, since you mentioned that, Jalen, I'm doing this just for you, okay? You ready? Here we go. Oh, 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 oh. The, the scalping grounds, I it. <laughs> the Tyler Town yeah. Chiefs, baby. Try your best to ignore him. Um, <laughs> so uh, your junior and senior year, I'm reading that you had 213 tackles uh, in two seasons. My God, you were a you were a busy young man. So so tell us about your road to Jones, your road uh, to Razorback Land, and now how you're back here with the Golden Eagles. Well, I started enough going. I had a lot of exposure, like at a high school. So my, I get the development and exposure that I needed, and it turns out I did. And you know, I ended up going to Jones, one D tackle, like you said. So I was able to pick what school I wanted to go to. But it didn't really work out there, so I decided to transfer close to home with Coach Hall and Coach Armstrong. So they recruited me like in high school and in JUCO, so I knew them both. Like I was really close to both of them, so it made sense to transfer close to home with them. Right, I got you. Now, I know that you. I know that you injured your back in spring practice last year, and that kind of held you out uh, this past season. So my question about that, I'm I'm assuming your back is healed up, and does that mean you'll have two full years of eligibility here? Is that correct? I have three. Three. If everything works out properly, yes, sir. Right, I guess because you get a COVID year too. I, I guess maybe that. Well, great. So that's uh, that's great. Now, you, now you're one of uh, of four young men who are coming in here 
that were defensive linemen uh, at, at other schools, and that excites the Golden Eagle fan base because, uh, you know, the, I think an area of improvement that the team needs now in this rebuilding effort is on the O-line and the, and the D-line. So uh, we think you guys are going to come in here and make a big impact, and I'm, I'm guessing you feel the same way. I guess I know y'all can. Like, as a group, just transferring in people that's already there. Like, we all just work together. I know we can improve it a lot. If you had a choice, Jalen, which which position on the defensive line? What where's your strength? What's your number one spot there on the D line? And and break down your game for us as a pass rusher, pass rusher, and a uh, a run stopper. I can play pretty much anywhere from the three to the zero technique. I may even play a lot of zero technique because I like how close it is to the ball and how like I can easily get pressure from penetration and just pass rush wise. I can really rush from a shade to a zero and just. Even though you don't get a lot of one-on-ones, you can still like, push the pocket and make the quarterback feel your pressure when you're throwing the ball. So would you say you're a better you're a better pass rusher than, than a, a block, uh, run stopper or about the same both ways? About the same, both. I like to be good at both of them. Yeah, I got you. And, and of course, the fact that the Razorbacks had a pretty good season this year, I would imagine, and, and really not a lot of people anticipated Arkansas having this kind of year, probably tempting to, to stick around. What was the deciding factor in having you come back closer to home? It was just being closer to my family and making to where more of my family members can make games and just feeling more comfortable with Coach Hall and Coach Armstrong because I knew them for so long. And I knew, like, I could trust them. Like, if I did transfer, like, I knew coaches I could trust. You know, like, you know, it really was an easy decision when I thought about it. You know, there's a lot of, as Bob just mentioned, there's going to be a lot of comp- a lot of competition along the defensive line. And sometimes... In this day and age, Jalen, competition scares players sometimes, you know. But how do you, how do you look at the fact that you're going to be battling with some some other guys? They're from the SEC. I think it's a good thing. It'll just make us all better in the end because we all battling in the start and just get better. And at the end of the day, it'll just make the whole D line better as a whole because we all pushing each other and trying to make each other better. So I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as a real good thing, actually. Yeah, we agree. Now, look, I, I spent a long time living up in the Mississippi Delta, Jalen, so I know how far it is to Fayetteville, Arkansas. <laughs> it's a hell of a long way from the Delta to Fayetteville, Arkansas, so you were a long way from home. Yes, I was like eight or nine hours away from home. Yeah, yeah, so it must feel pretty good. You're a Tylertown young man, and uh, it must feel pretty good to be back here in South Mississippi and uh, and playing for the university here where all your family and friends can uh, watch you play every Saturday. I guess it does feel good not knowing like that I'm closer to home and that my grandma can actually make some games now. But she always wanted to come, but she it was always too far away for. Her. Yeah, well that makes that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. So what what is your goal? Is you are you going? First of all, let me ask you: Are you going to be uh, in school and uh, and uh, available for spring ball? And then what what is your goal as you come onto the team, Jalen? Yeah, so I'll be available for for spring ball definitely, and I just want to improve the team, just improve the line as a whole. Just try to help with all, make the culture even better than it already is. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement about what Coach Hall is building here. I got to ask you one quick question. I asked this of a sports uh, reporter yesterday. I-, I saw that in high school you played offensive line and some defensive line. Is it would that be a difficult transition to go back to play offensive line once you've uh, played D line in uh, in JUCO ball and uh, in college? It would definitely be kind of awkward considering how long I've been practicing D-line. But that's impossible. I can do anything you need me to do. 
Yeah, well, that's what we want to hear. I was going to say, I love that attitude. <laughs> right. You know, there'd be some people say, oh, yeah, whatever. But, man, if you're an athlete, you know, you can, hey, if it means, if it means I can play, sure. What, what do you need yeah, me to do? And I'll, you know, and I'll get it done. All right, so tell us the truth. What do you like doing the most? You like stuffing that tail back when he comes through the line of scrimmage, or do you like flattening the uh, pretty boy quarterback when he's back trying to throw, Jalen? That's a loaded question. I just got to say getting the quarterback is just a lot. Most of like stopping the run, you can't beat getting a sack on the quarterback. Yeah, that must make you feel good when you put that quarterback's face down in that turf. So it? what are you going to study, Jalen? Uh, yes, sir. What are you going to study? I'm, I'm majoring in communications right now. So, so you might want to take mine or Bob's job? <laughs> I see what I can do. I work on it a little bit. Well, once you play football for a few years, and then uh, and then you come back, then we'll we'll talk to you about that. Hey, man, we're glad to have you here. And uh, you know, what does what does it mean to be a Golden Eagle? You know, there's a lot of tradition here, and a great defensive tradition here. Really, some some magnificent NFL players that have played defensive football have come out of Southern Miss, and. Uh, now you have an opportunity to kind of follow in those footsteps, Jalen. Uh, yes, sir. And you played at Jones. So real quickly, your experience at Jones uh, probably, I guess Jones people would say, now Kelly's not going to like this, but probably the premier junior college athletic program in the state. And look, I'm a Pearl River guy, but I certainly want to give props where they're due. And, and Jones is. It. Jones it's is terrific. the premier athletic department in the state. Am I right, Jalen? Oh, yes, sir, definitely. Easy. Coach Buckley is a good coach. I can't even have been and won the national championship. He came to Jones, so right. that's tell you everything you need to know. Right, and I would think playing at Jones helped prepare you for college football, in all honesty. Yes, sir, they really did. It's like just the way Coach Buckley ran the program. He really like a D1 program. Just right. the way he coaches you and coaches you up and everything. Of course, a, the tradition started at Tylertown because, really, Tylertown – for as small a school as it is, has cranked out some really good football teams about the past 25 years. I mean, every once in a while, there might not be a great team. But overall, Jalen, would you agree that Tylertown has been a really good uh, good ground to produce good football players? Oh, yes, it definitely is. They, they were kind of underrated at first because, you know, we, like you said, they were small. But Tylertown, they constantly put out good products. Like me, I want to say Jordan Anthony and Jeremiah Dillon. They both HCC wide receivers, so they definitely still putting out good products. All right, Jalen. Well, like I told you off the air, I've got a really good friend down there, Larry Warren. He's going to be thrilled about uh, hearing a Tylertown young man join the Golden Eagle football team. We're excited to have you here. Glad you're back home, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck with the Golden Eagles, Jalen. Yes, I appreciate it. All right. Jalen Williams, everybody. One of the newest defensive tackles for the Golden Eagles. Nice kid, I can't kid, wait huh? to see these kids uh, on the field. Yeah, and I, and I love that attitude. Hey, I want to compete. Well, right. Let's get and after I'll it. I'll play any position you want me to play. Darn right. We'll be right back. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. That's where you go to get your Southern Miss apparel. They're open uh, Monday through Saturday, Hardy Street. Uh, you can shop them online at campusbookmark.net. 
Just be sure to tell Miss Kathleen that the guys from the Eagle Hour said hello. We uh, thank the world of her, and uh, we hope that you'll do business with her. I want to thank Jalen Williams for joining us. Uh, tell, Kelly, I was telling you during the break, you know, I, I'm not an advocate of the transfer portal. I, I think overall it's going to damage college football. But I tell you what, you look at you look at uh, a, a coaching staff like this one here, a program that's where this program is, and they really used the uh, portal to their advantage to fill some immediate needs. A kid like Jalen Williams injured his back, didn't get to play this past year at Arkansas. That's the kind of kid that you can understand being in the transfer portal. And knowing a little bit about Arkansas athletics, having lived right on the border for 20 years, let me tell you, the University of Arkansas gets whomever they want out of Arkansas. So for them to reach down to Mississippi at Jones College and and, and sign a kid, uh, there was a lot of upside to this kid. And uh, and now he's now he's here for, he said, maybe three years. This The transfer portal, say what you will, has worked this year, at least on paper, for Southern Miss. And the fact that Coach Hall and his staff are going after specifically Mississippi kids. Almost every one of these kids you know, is from the state of Mississippi and wants to get closer to home, as Jalen was talking about, so his grandmother you know, can come and see some games instead of having to drive nine hours you know, for home games. It's, it, should, it should, by and large, increase ticket sales because how many times have you heard Eagle fans say, if we just recruit, recruit more local guys, okay? But he's not only recruiting local guys, they're of exceptional talent. Right, because like you said, th- these guys that are coming in aren't going to come in after coming from the SEC if they're not skilled Pretty enough to play in that league for sure. Patrick McGee from NOLA dot com, I believe, is on the phone with us. Patrick, how are you? I'm doing well. How about y'all? Good, uh, Patrick. We were just talking to Jalen Williams. Uh, he and we do want to talk to you about the NFL, but uh, this is one of the kids that's transferred here in the portal to Southern Miss. He was a defensive tackle at. The University of Arkansas. Yesterday, we talked to a kid who was a defensive tackle at Ole Miss, and we were we were saying, Patrick, that while the portal probably overall isn't a good thing for college football, uh, well, you can sign five SEC linemen uh, to your roster mm-hmm. for a school like Southern Miss. The portal has worked pretty well. Yeah, and we'll see how this you know kind of shakes out with time. But you know, Bryce Ramsey is a kid I knew in high school. He went to Harrison Central. Uh, big kid, big, really strong kid. Will work well in the on the interior for Southern Miss. So you're really kind of adding overall strength and talent. And you no know, doubt, I mean Ramsey eventually was probably going to get significant playing time there at Ole Miss. So I think really kind of putting this together, and it's obviously a quick answer because I know on both sides, defense and offensive lines, you got you wanted to upgrade and you had to replace some guys. So. Uh, this is an easy way to do it. You know, it's guys that have really kind of operated under good coaching the last few years. Uh, they're already pretty well developed as they should be. I know with Jalen Williams, I think it was a matter of injuries that kind of limited that's him right. at Arkansas. Yes, that's right. So if he can get uh, healthy uh, coming back to Southern Miss, he could be a, you know, a real difference maker there. So uh, Southern Miss is just hoping really this, this amounts to kind of a quick fix uh, on a couple areas they have to address. And these these are areas they really needed to address. Is that fair to say? The defensive line and the offensive <clears throat> line. Yeah, the, I know they had some guys coming back on the offensive line, uh, but they, you know, they just, you know, whether it was a left tackle or anywhere, you know, just tough luck injuries. I, I know Arvin Fletcher, I think, left the team. Uh, it was just a really tough year on the offensive line just from everything I saw. 
and the defensive line was fine. You just lose a bunch of guys there. Right. Uh, so it's yeah. I mean, it's it's those are two areas that were just the immediate you know number one that they had to fix right away. Well, let me tell you this, Patrick. I, when I watched the uh, last bit of the championship game Monday night, I was looking at the defensive linemen for for Georgia and Alabama. I was thinking to myself, we need some of these guys. These are the kind of guys we need. Yeah, yeah. And and the way Southern Miss has gotten those guys is they got you know it's kind of hard. Southern Miss got a lot of guys that fly under the radar. It's really hard to fly under the radar these days. Uh, there's just so much exposure in different ways to identify talent. And uh, that's what just makes it harder for some of these group of five schools in the South to, to beat out an SEC team for a, a talented kid because <laughs> they're already doing a better job in identifying players and these players are, are being better developed. So Southern Miss still has to go find some long frames and really build those guys up, and that's really what it takes. You know, you, you, you see some talented five foot eleven, six foot guys on the high school level, and sometimes those guys can play a really high level. But it takes a really long, big frame to be a good college football player and have a chance to play on the next level in the NFL. And Southern Miss really has to go out and get these these big guys, these you know six foot seven offensive tackles or six foot three, three hundred ten pound defensive tackles. Uh, they they have to find those, and those are just so hard to come by. Whenever you have. Uh, really the top programs trying to find those guys themselves. Well, you talk about a quick fix, though, Bob, but but as Jalen was talking about, he'll have three years of eligibility mm-hmm. left. A lot of these guys are going to have, you know, good eligibility time left. So it's right. not like it's going to be a, a, a Band-Aid fix here. They, they could come in here and be contributors for quite a while. Right, yeah, I know Ramsey's still got, I think, at least – maybe three years, I know two years at least, uh, ready to roll. So, yeah, a lot of these guys are coming in with plenty of eligibility ahead of them. All right, Patrick, I want to move on while we have time left in the segment. The big playoff weekend coming up. Uh, the Saints, uh, the Rams did it to them again. Uh, the the yeah. Saints did exactly what they needed to do uh, to get in the playoffs. They didn't make it. Is it Was it a year for the Saints to be in the playoffs, Patrick? And, and you know, your, your thoughts about the whole year for New Orleans? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously through the first seven, seven or eight weeks of the season, they were a playoff team. and They hit a rough stretch where they were trying to find an identity on offense, uh, had some tough luck with injuries and stuff on defense, COVID hit. Uh, they had that rough stretch, and then they kind of rebounded once they turned back to Taysom Hill and had a more kind of consistent offense. They didn't put up big numbers, but they didn't turn over the ball. Uh, just, you know, didn't make those mistakes and allowed the defense to win football games. It was, I mean, it, this, as much as they went through and to be above 500 into the season, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, they would have given the Rams hell in the first round. I, I know they would have, uh, just based on defensively and what they're able to do. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's it just to, to have watched this team so closely and see them just come up. Oh, so short. I mean, it's just, you feel bad for the guys because they went through so much this year. Right. Uh, no team really had more to overcome. and They, they still got right there on the verge of the playoffs. And, and I, I think they were a playoff team that could have been dangerous, even with Trevor Simeon uh, at quarterback in that first round of the playoffs. 17 to nothing at one point, San Francisco was behind. You probably yeah, thought it yeah. was over then, didn't you? Well, yeah. I mean, I was. It, I know every uh, everybody watching the game was kind of seeing the scores, and somebody texted me that, "Hey, the 49ers are suddenly going all over." And it's seventeen seventy. I'm like, "What the heck just happened?" <laughs> so I, everybody was kind of taken aback. 
by that. But I mean, the, the 49ers have the Rams number somehow, some way. Right. And if, if you, if anybody watched the end of that game in LA, it was, it had to be embarrassing for the Rams franchise. Because that crowd was 80% 49ers. It sure was. You're right about that. You're right I mean, about and, that. And, and it's really not far, not fair for, you know, um, anybody that's got the Rams on the, at least one. <laughs> if you're the 49ers and you have one road game in L.A. with the Rams every year, you basically got another home game mm-hmm. uh, on mm-hmm. the schedule. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the way it is if you've got the, the Chargers or the Rams uh, in your division. You've got basically almost, and you're in that vicinity of, of Los Angeles, you've got essentially another home game on the schedule. Yes. It's nuts. You know, I never have understood this. You would have thought the NFL would have seen before that, for whatever reason, the people in Los Angeles just don't seem to care about NFL yeah. football. They just kind of half-ass support their teams. And now they put two teams in yeah. Los Angeles, and you're right. Either one of those teams could play San Francisco, and there'd be more – or, or probably, the, uh, probably the Las Vegas Raiders – Right. And there would be yeah. more Raider or 49er fans in the stands than than uh, Los Angeles fans. You can say the same thing when the Cowboys come out there. It's, Correct. You know, it's 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 not it's not a good look. You know, I think they kind of overdid it with the stadium. I don't, I mean, I I'm I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to how LA is set up and geography or whatever. But that stadium is maybe you know I don't know how convenient it is, but for whatever reason, LA folks in LA aren't going to that stadium to watch games. Right. I don't know if it's the ticket prices or what, but right. people are coming from out of town and making a little trip of it. You know, Patrick, despite the fact that the Saints did not make the playoffs, there have been several analysts that think this might very well be the best coaching job that Sean Payton has ever done in any one season and that he may yeah. get some votes yeah. for Coach of the Year. <clears throat> oh, I, I don't think there's any question he'll get votes. I don't know if he'll end up being the guy. But, I mean, he did do an exceptional job, all things considered. Uh, and you know, and and his defensive coordinator Dennis Allen deserves a lot of credit as well uh, for what he was able to do. So, uh, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see what this team looks like going into next year with that defense. If they can kind of keep it all together and figure out, you know, a good fix on offense and, and try to build cons- some consistency going into next year, if this team can kind of build and improve, uh, they're going to be a contender in the NFC. Can you hang around a little bit, Patrick? Uh, yeah, I can hang around a little bit. All right, we're going to keep Patrick through the break, come back, let him get his analysis of the NFL playoffs. And i got to ask Patrick about the Atlanta Falcons refusing to put the name Saints in their stadium so they refer to them as the visitors. <laughs> More with Patrick McGee from NOLA.com on the other side of the break. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, we're glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg and love having Southern Bank Corps now part of the Eagle Hour family. And we encourage you to do your banking at Southern Bank Corps in the Midtown and Hattiesburg, soon to be in downtown Hattiesburg as well. And uh, more good things to come, no doubt, from Southern Bank Corps. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors this version, this segment of the Eagle Hour. Great place to have lunch, 8 dollars Monday through Friday. Delicious Southern cooking. 
That's what you'll find at 4th Street Bar and Grill. The big games will be on the TV all weekend long. Excuse me. It'll be a great place to take in NFL playoff football, and there is plenty to take in. Uh, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com is with us. All right, Patrick, what a weekend. I can't wait for this weekend. We've got three games Saturday, two games Sunday, a playoff game Monday night, which is the first time ever. We're going to start out. We're going to get your expert analysis and go ahead and bring Sander back down to earth because the first game are the Raiders at the – at the Cincinnati Bengals, it's hard to say playoffs and Cincinnati Bengals hey. in the same sentence. But uh, so, so how long did the Bengals last before Kelly's heart broken again? Well, this is a game that they should win. Uh, the the Raiders, you know, they've kind of overcome a lot this season. Um, you know, I, I I would think this is a game the Bengals win at home. I you know I I can't really doubt them in that situation. But I mean, I'm, I'm not completely ruling out the Raiders. But I think the Bengals. Could you know a ten? I would put him at a ten point favorite if I was put making the odds. Uh, then you have the uh, uh, Patriots at the uh, at the Bills, and that's kind of a weird one to see that you know in Buffalo. But I, I would think the Bills are in good position in that one. And see, I don't think I I have to respectfully disagree with Patrick on both of them. Um, as a Bengals fan, much I would love to see the Bengals win. But they just, they seem to be a team that always wants, you know, they get to the playoffs. It's like, well, we made it to the playoffs. That's what we wanted to do. And then they seem to lose all their teeth. How would you know? They're never in the playoffs. Well, but I'm saying the times they have been, I remember we haven't won, we haven't won, the last seven times we've been to the playoffs, we haven't won a game. So I, I suspect the Raiders will win. And I just, man, the evil empire and the emperor there with the Patriots. Worry you, don't they? <laughs> they really do, yeah. All right, so Patrick, you like uh, you like uh, the Bengals to knock out the Raiders, and then the next game, uh, I guess that Saturday night, is uh, I find this intriguing, New England at Buffalo. I mean, both of those games were pretty tough games, but you like the Bills? Yeah, and the Bills have even looked good in the games they've lost this season. For the most part, I think they're a team that's you know had success in the postseason here recently. They got in that AFC title game. I think maybe this is a, a year where the Bills have a chance to break through. There's no favorite in there, and the Bills have a lot of the pieces in place to to make a deep piece uh, postseason run. So I'm, I think the Patriots have been kind of over overachieving to an extent. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to say that about the Patriots, but I think that's kind of the, how they've yeah. kind of gotten at this point. I think they're a year or so away. From being back yeah. to what we're used to. All right, Sunday we kick it off in the the disgusting, nasty, vile Philadelphia Eagles. Thank goodness they have to go to Tampa and play the goat. Uh, they go out in the first round. Am I right? Uh, yeah, that's. I think everybody kind of sees that is one that the Buccaneers should kind of cruise through, and that I tend to agree. Kelly, you want to comment on that? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now here's a Sunday afternoon game, and as I look at the playoffs. My thinking is that the, the Cowboys may have gotten the toughest draw in the opening round because they're going to play a, a 49er team that if, if they play the way they did the second half of the game against the Rams, mm-hmm. they, they look dangerous, Patrick. Yeah, I'm not a big I, – I don't know. There's just something about the Cowboys in recent years. I just never really fully expect them to come through when it really counts. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'm with you. I kind of expect the 49ers. Uh, to really give them a fight, and that's that's when I could easily see the 49ers pulling out in the fourth quarter. I agree, and I and I think, by the way, you're talking about the 49ers, Bob. You kind of think they might be the sleeper in the NFC. I kind of think they are. I mean, I think they're potentially really dangerous. And, uh, 
You know, they got a good quarterback. They got a great tight end. They play pretty tough defensively. I, I just think they're. De- I don't think Patrick is it fair to say nobody really wants to play the 49ers in the playoffs right now. No, I mean they're one of those teams that really has nothing uh, to lose. Uh, they kind of would have walked in kind of in the same situation as Saints. They could have come and played relaxed. The 49ers can go in. Garoppolo's kind of playing for uh, really kind of to set himself up. There's a good chance he's not going to be back, and, and he has a chance to earn himself a healthy contract if he gets the 49ers going in the playoffs. So I expect him to play well. Steelers are at the Chiefs. Uh, you would think that maybe the Chiefs win that one relatively easy. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a blowout. That's that's not even going to be a game. Anybody, I mean, I, I mean it, for the Steelers, kind of, uh, I mean, it's nice, I guess, for Roethlisberger to go out this final season and go to playoffs, but they're they're probably the worst team in the playoffs. Bye-bye, Ben. Bye-bye, well, Ben. I would think, and, and the only reason they're really there is because the Colts laid an almost unbelievable egg. Is that, It's just hard to believe still the Colts lost to the Jaguars. Yeah, I think I think they I think everybody just needs to move on from Carson Wentz. I just don't think he's he's the dude. He just doesn't have it. Yeah, he didn't look too good. Now the Monday night game, first time ever playoff game on Monday night football, and I find these two teams to be the two most unpredictable teams in the tournament. At one time, a lot of talk that the Cardinals were the best team in the league. They don't look good at all, and the Rams are just loaded with star power. They're if you looked at their roster. You would think, you know, they're, they're going to win every game, but they're just totally unpredictable. Yeah, I guess the, the Rams are just thankful this is on a Monday night, not a Sunday. Yeah. All the Cardinals fans from Arizona can't just ride over for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess there'll be somewhat of a home game for the Rams. I think it's a toss-up, but I, if I had to, I'd probably take the Cardinals. You like the Cardinals? No, no, I, th- I like the Rams. Um, um, and and I, don't, I don't think either team is going to go very far in the playoffs, but I think – the Cardinals are playing. Of all the NFC teams right now, the Cardinals are playing the worst football. They are playing very at bad. The, at, the, at the worst time they of year. They just don't look like they have any grit. You know, they just they don't. Or they're just running out of gas. Yeah. You know, but they got beat by, I think they got beat by the Sea Ducks the last yeah, last week of the season. Did. So Well, the two teams we, of course, didn't mention, Patrick, are the two that got the oh. bye. And there comes Blue. Blue's back on the show. Uh, in the AFC, it's the Tennessee Titans. Who can Who can beat the Titans, or do you like the Titans to get to the Super Bowl? No, I, I mean, as long as Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, I like the Titans. And I, I like Tannehill a lot as a quarterback. Uh, I think it's, you know, we're going to see something, uh, maybe a Titans-Bills. You know, I'm going to see those two teams kind of meet up at some point. I think maybe the winner of those two teams probably gets through to the Super Bowl. I think that's probably a possibility. And on the NFC side, you, you've got the Packers, and whoever beats the Packers has to do that in Green Bay. So the Packers have to be the heavy favorite, I think, to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers played at a really high level, even with a little broken toe. And uh, it, anytime you go through Green Bay, it's tough. But, you know, it's been a while since the Packers have really kind of delivered and gotten through. Uh, they're capable of doing it. They're really talented on offense. Rodgers has got the person, you know, personnel around him to get it done. And, and it's, I'm, it's hard to bet against the Packers in my book. Well, one last question. The defending champions have the greatest quarterback of all time. Can the Tampa Bay Bucks get back to the Super Bowl? Sure, they can. I, I you know, I, I, you know, I, I didn't see it last year, and it happened. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't see how they can pull it off another year in a row. Uh, you know, I think if folks had just got to watch the Saints 
uh, game plan to figure out what they did right and, and somehow put that on the field, and you can you can shut down the, the, the Buccaneers. Can I tell you how they can pull it off in one word, Patrick and Kelly? What, Brady. Brady. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Dear God, <laughs> dear God, if it's all the same to you, Please give us a Super Bowl he this year. He doesn't care who wins the Super Bowl. That does not include New England. He doesn't care who wins the Super Bowl. Or Tampa. <laughs> Please, God, if it's all the same to you. All right, Patrick. Uh, so we got your weekend predictions. We'll we'll get with you next week. See who you like in the second round. And uh, we hope you and Blue have a wonderful weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the NOLA.com publication, formerly the uh, – uh, Sun Sun Herald uh, and a great guy, big contributor to the Eagle Hour, and uh, just a fun guy to talk to. Blue was trying to make his picks. Do you, you hear in the background there? Blue? Have you ever seen a picture of Blue? <laughs> yeah, Blue is a cool looking dog. <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah, there is little question about that. Yeah. So, All right, Kelly, we've got the. It's my sister just came in and dropped my keys off. Oh, okay. Well, one, one never knows. Quiet ones. When a strange person walks into the studio in the middle people of people who hang out with me, nobody's stranger. Right? And the uh, yeah, especially if they know you, it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. Well, you see what they're here for, Bob. We've got a full slate tonight of Conference USA basketball games. We're going to go over the the uh, schedule. We're going to go over what the odds makers have to say. And there is some news breaking today about potential movement in the Sun Belt, premature movement to the Sun Belt. One of the four schools that's coming has said they are coming early. So we'll have all the details uh, about that forthcoming. I think all you need to know is the hat that the school president was wearing at the national championship game to tell you what's going to be in store for the Golden Eagles. I think eventually the, the school that we're talking about is not Southern Miss. Southern Miss has not made an official statement yet as to what its plans are, other than sticking with the original press release that it will happen no later than July of 2023. But one of the other three schools has already said they're in, they're coming early, which would lead you to believe that uh, vote or no vote on January 25th, they might know something that the other three schools may not know. But we've got that story for you coming up in our final segment of the Eagle Hour. Glad that you're with us on this Thursday. I want to thank Patrick McGee, NOLA.com, for joining us. Always fun to talk to Patrick down in the Big Easy. This segment sponsored by D1 and D-Back. Great place for you to take your child and get them ready for uh, upcoming baseball or softball season. That's on the D-Bat side. If you're an adult athlete, want to fine-tune your golf game, tennis game, whatever is your sport, they can help you with a tailor-made program to suit your needs at D1 Training, they're located on Hardy Street, and we thank them for their support of our show. All right, Kelly, quickly, we've got an unexpected guest, but run down that uh, uh, list of basketball games tonight in CUSA. UTSA plays at 
<clears throat> excuse me, at Old Dominion tonight. The Monarchs are an 11-and-a-half-point pick. Again, UTSA at Old Dominion. North Texas plays at Marshall. North Texas, even though on the road, the Mean Green is a three-point favorite against uh, the Marshall Thundering Herd. UTEP, who uh, convincingly took care of the Golden Eagles this past game, they will travel to Charlotte. Charlotte is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. FAU travels to Middle Tennessee. The Blue Raiders on their home court are a four-point pick. All of these uh, odds brought to us by our friends at Bocoma Casino uh, in in Sandersville. FIU travels to UAB. UAB, the strong number one in Conference USA, according to the Massey ratings. UAB, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite over FIU in Birmingham. And, of course, Southern Miss and La Tech, a game that will be on the CBS Sports Network tonight at 6 o'clock. Southern Miss travels to Ruston. The Bulldogs are a 19-point favorite according to the folks at Bocoma Southern Miss at Louisiana Tech. And one other headline from Conference USA today, Bob Getty. Dave Rigert, the voice of James Madison, uh, in a meeting, in an interview yesterday with the athletic director at James Madison, they have announced they are heading to the Sun Belt earlier than anticipated. They, too, had a press release saying July 1st of 2023. It's going to be July 1st of 2022. James Madison is on its way early to Conference USA and again, excuse me, to the Sun Belt. So it looks like the other three schools, including Southern Miss, Old Dominion, and Marshall, may be headed that direction. We keep hearing about a vote on January 25th, but you, logic would dictate that James Madison would not make this announcement if they didn't know something ahead of time. So it looks like right. more schools than not may be jumping to the Sun Belt earlier than expected. Right. Coach Joey Hawkins is uh, in the studio. He's here to record an edition, upcoming edition of Inside the Locker Room. And, uh, Coach, I'm glad you walked in. wanted to ask you about this. You spent your career coaching kids. Uh, we've been talking a lot this week about how the Southern Miss coaching staff has taken advantage of the transfer portal. They brought five SEC players in here, four linemen, one uh, safety. You bring four kids in. We, we talked to Jalen Williams earlier, uh, who was uh, – who was signed at the University of Arkansas, and, I, and he was injured last year. But I told Kelly, knowing a little bit about Arkansas, they get whoever they want in Arkansas and South Missouri. They just get the players they want. So for them to come down and, and take a kid from Jones, got two from two from Ole Miss and two from Mississippi State, what kind of an impact do you think that can have immediately on a on a program like Southern Miss? Oh, it's incredible. And the main thing about it, most of them have two or three years to play. So that's uh, – <laughs> look – I mean, you're going to get players that SEC coaches thought thought enough of to sign, and you're bringing them into your program, and they're not through yet either. I'm just telling you, Will Hall said, "Look, enough's enough. We fixed to play this game." And I'm telling you, he's got his, he's getting his staff just perfect. They're going to you go. They're going to be one of the most improved teams around. And you make a great point, too, about their eligibility. In a way, it's almost like getting a kid out of high school who maybe doesn't play his freshman year as he adjusts to the, the, to the game. This kid today, three years of eligibility, a 320-pound defensive tackle. Yeah, and the, and the big thing is uh, a lot of players you sign because uh, you're getting people under the radar. You have to develop them a year or two. So you're looking for a guy to start a lot of a lot of guys on your team their redshirt sophomore year. Now you got guys that can come in and make a play this year and, and get in the 
you know, get a lot of minutes. they've been developed. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and get a lot of minutes, you know, right out of the chute. So, uh, any tack, look, defensive line is a whole key to winning in college football, period. That's number one. And you got to have a quarterback. So, when you say quarterback one, but D-line's two. And every team that's got a D-line always plays right up to the national championship. And you saw Georgia and Alabama. They had the best two defensive lines. And (laughs) the D-line's a whole kick. I talked to Kelly a lot about that this week. My God, they look like NFL defensive lines. They are. (laughs) <laughs> they are and they're fixing to go in the first round baby. yeah I was saying the only difference is, is three months that's right they, they will be wearing an NFL jersey in three months you know and that's that's what's incredible you know uh, first day back I mean on Tuesday uh, nine players uh, I think it's 11 now for Alabama's gone to transfer portal only two for Georgia so far but uh, yeah it's uh, it, it's crazy but look that's the way it is I can't wait to t- we're going to talk to Mike Leach he'll be on the show tonight uh, I'm going to ask him about the transfer portal. He's going to give us the inside and out. I mean, he just tells you the truth. But, hey, it is what it is. Go out and, and, and make your team because, look, Southern Miss would have never had a shot to get any of these guys without the transfer portal. That's exactly right. So, hey, wow. it's going to work It's gonna work to our advantage. They say the rich gets richer, but I'm telling you, I think it's going to balance things out overall. Interesting. Yeah. And, and Mike Leach might also tell you the pros and cons of existentialism. Tell you what. <laughs> He's a lawyer, baby. He knows okay. some things. And that's tonight, Coach, right? That's right. 6.05, we'll have Mike Leach, uh, the first uh, two segments. All right. Thanks for stopping in. Thank you. All right. That wraps up today. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. The one and only Al Holder joins us, and we'll have another guest as well. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.